The Courage to Lead, episode 146. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Ron Saharian. Ron Saharian is the co-founder of Profit First Professionals, along with his childhood friend, author Mike McCallowitz. So starting Profit First Professionals in 2014 from the basement of Mike's home, uh, Ron has implemented, certified, and taught Profit First to hundreds of accounting, bookkeeping, and coaching firms around the globe. Ron's an expert in sales processes and systems, in hiring, scaling, and operations. He's also known as OB Ron throughout the Profit First Professionals for his business acumen. Ron is an avid sports memorabilia collector and a car enthusiast. He's married with a daughter and lives in New Jersey. Ron, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks, Coach. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Been looking forward to this conversation. So a car enthusiast. Yes. Yeah. You showed love me one cars. of your cars there. You love cars. What is that one you have? You showed me. So I, uh, the one I showed you was a uh, uh, Porsche 911 uh, 4S 2020. It's uh, my daily. Oh. Um, I grew up. I grew up on cars, wrenching cars. Okay. So you know that's how um, my family was able to pay for mine in my brother's colleges. So as kids, you know, my dad used to bring cars home, usually English cars, uh, <laughs> Triumphs. MGs, Spitfires, Jaguars, and we used to flip them. We used to flip them. And so that's where I got my love of vehicles. And so my other baby, other than my daughter, is a 1973 Jaguar XKEV12. Wow. Very nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably get in a lot of trouble in that Porsche, I tell you. Yeah, it's and, fast. It shouldn't yeah. be as fast as it is. But um, it was a dream car. It's a dream car of mine. It's something I've been working forward to all my life and uh, was very fortunate to be able to purchase it before uh, the pandemic. Absolutely. Reward yourself, for sure. And then uh, you sports memorabilia. Yes. How did, how did that start? I'm a borderline hoarder, coach. Borderline <laughs> hoarder. Started started in the seventies collecting uh, baseball cards, all through the eighties, all through the nineties, and now it's um, not only is it sports memorabilia, it's history memorabilia, but also the sports stuff. It's unique things. Um, so yeah, it's just I don't know. I really enjoy collecting. Cool. Nice. Do you have a favorite piece? I don't. I don't. I mean, you know, my favorite baseball card is a 1980 Ricky Henderson. Okay. Uh, it's a beautiful rookie card. I nice. like that. Um, but, you know, I just like looking at history, like behind me, this is a sure. 1922 newspaper article, a Ty Cobb teaching how to steal bases, wow. which is pretty neat. Yeah. I just like history as well. That's awesome. Very cool. All right. Well, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about how you got your start, how you got involved with Mike Michalowicz and Profit First. Um, some of the people you help and how you help them. But before sure. we get started, I've got 10 questions that I ask every one of my guests. Uh, right. Listeners will know that these are questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood guests from TV, film, and stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All right. So, Ron, if you're ready, question number one, what is your favorite word? My f- Awesome. I use it all the time. I do I love too. it. I yeah. do too. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. What is your least favorite word? Can't. 
Don't like it. Don't use it. Don't like it. Yeah. See, I can't even say it. Ooh, see, it hurts me to say it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. What turns you on? Success. Other people's successes. When other people, the light bulb goes off and on yeah. people, you know, as a coach, we're coaching, yeah. whether it's a kid, whether it's a business, whether it's anything, you know, yeah. just that, that, ah, oh, when they get it, I'm like, nice. That gets wow. me jacked. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. What turns you off? Negative people. Yep. Yeah. Optimism is the only mindset of any value. And I learned that from Lou Holtz. Very cool. Good man. Holtz. Yeah. All right. Question five. What sound or noise do you love? <laughs> the roar of a V12 going through a tunnel. <laughs> nice. All right. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, crickets in the morning. Really? Yeah. I'm a light sleeper. And, you know, sometimes at night, sometimes in the morning, just, just crickets chirping, 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 and I, I can't go back to sleep. It, it annoys me. See, in Georgia, you have the cicadas. Yeah, the same star. thing. I, oh. I loop them in there as well. Tree frogs, cicadas, all that stuff. <laughs> all right. Question seven. What is your favorite curse word? Uh, the F-bomb. Okay. That seems to be the, the most popular. Yeah, it, 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 it has a lot of good purposes when used uh, well. <laughs> Judiciously. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Question eight. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, auto car restorations. I love, if I probably wasn't doing this, I'd probably look to, um, you know, start a restoration type of business. Very cool. Good job. Uh, question nine, what profession would you not like to do? What profession would I not like to do? I don't want to be a teacher. No, like a school teacher. It's, yeah. it's too difficult. Yeah. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Anything short of that would be concerning, I think. Yeah, glad, glad you made it. Or <laughs> didn't think we would see you, but glad to have you. <laughs> Deliveries around back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about how you got your start, how you got involved with Mike Michalowicz, the cool. things that you do to help the profit first professionals who you help and how you work with them. Um, and at some point, transition into courage and leadership. Yeah. All right. Yep. Cool. All right. So listeners, we're going to talk about all of that and more right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Ron Saharian. Ron, thanks again for agreeing to be on the podcast. This yeah, is awesome. Pleasure. So you went to school with Mike Michalowicz. Yeah, Mike and I, we grew up in the same town, Booton, New Jersey. We went to the same grade school. We went to the same high school. Uh, we sat at the same lunch table and we played on the same sports team. Mike is uh, two grades higher than I am, but we've always, you know, been buddies and things like that. Small town. Yeah. Was he crazy in school? 
No, he was. No, well, different kind of crazy, very intellectual, very smart, really good athlete. Um, you know, his, his personality really started shining uh, when he started writing the Toilet Paper Entrepreneur and all his books. He's one of the most genuine, honest, likable, lovable guys there is. Absolutely. And then how did you get involved? When did you first find out about Profit First? You say you, you guys kind of put this all together in his basement. Yeah. So um, Mike is a serial entrepreneur. Uh, he started starting businesses right out of college. I took more of the corporate route and we still remained friends. Still saw each other. And over the years, Mike would start a company and he would look to recruit me. Hey, Ron, you know, I'm, I'm starting another company. I'd be interested. You want to start it with me? Nah, nah, nah. And, you know, I've watched Mike's, you know, rise, fall, and just been around him. And then I was working in Manhattan uh, for a boutique staffing firm, got it back to its height of all-time high in revenue, consultants on the street in margin. Then I was told we were done scaling. And I'm a scaling kind of guy. And I wasn't aware that that's what we were looking to do. And I sacrificed my first four years of my daughter's life by going into Manhattan and really doing this. Um, and I was a little unhappy about that. So I sent out my feelers saying, hey, anybody have anything going on? Mike responded. He's like, hey, Ron, I'd love you to re read my manuscript of my next book. I said, okay, great. Here we go again, right? And so <laughs> he came over. I read it. I said, holy cow, this is great. I do this. So what do you mean you do this? I said, well, I grew up on grandmother's envelope mm -hmm. budgeting methodology and that I've actually applied similar principles to the businesses that I was running. That's how we were always profitable. That's how we were always growing, things like that. And so I started sharing with him and then he started sharing his ideas. And he's like, dude, we got it. I want to build a company. I want to do prof first professionals. Boom, boom, boom. And I said, all right, over a bottle of wine and our wife's talking. Decided to do it and haven't looked back. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. yeah it, was my, scary. it was scary. Oh, don't get me wrong. I can imagine. Absolutely. It's something yeah. new and, and people don't understand. I know my mom used the little envelope system. Her, you know, my grandmother used the envelope system and it made sense. You pull out the envelope for, you know, whatever, going to the grocery mm, store. That's what you had to get. Yeah. That's what you had to do. Period. But you talk to people nowadays and they kind of look at you like, that's weird. Why would you do that? You know, why would you set money aside? And it's like, to me, it makes sense. It, it, it does make sense. I mean, I didn't realize that there was actually behaviors that were involved. I didn't understand the science of it, the, you know, things like that. Um, so always allocating money away for a rainy day is something that I've grown up on. And yeah. even in businesses, allocating money away, a vault or capital is something that I've always been preaching. You know, the, the thing is, is that, you know, a lot of people are really embracing profit first now because of the pandemic. Those that have implemented it prior made it through a lot better. But here's the thing, Coach. Here in America, we, we get regional disasters every year. Right. I'm in New Jersey. We're going to get a blizzard. We're going to have a hurricane. We're going to get flooded. Things, bad things are going to happen. California's burning. The Midwest yeah. is flooding. Uh, the right Florida is getting crushed yeah. by hurricanes. Yeah. These regional disasters are decimating and have been decimating companies and communities for years. Yeah. It's like, so when are we going to get hip? When is the accounting bookkeeping profession, you know, going to step up and say, guys, you know, no, we have yeah. to be fiscally responsible. 
it's it, and I believe Warren Buffett, you know, said that you know everybody wants to get rich quick. He's cool with getting rich slow. Absolutely. Right? And so let's not be so so ready to try to get rich overnight. Yeah. Let's build. Let's be purposeful because sure. profit first isn't just about profit. Hmm. It's about paying yourself, having right. money for Uncle Sam, regardless of your liabilities. Of course, a profit, but it's hmm. also about security, having a vault. It's also yeah. about purpose. What is your purpose for your business? What are you doing? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's something I'm very passionate about. Absolutely. No, 100%. Working with my clients, same thing. You know, I tell them you have to have, like, I, I read a book somewhere that talked about having a runway you know, three to six month runway. Do you have money set aside to get you through those economic times? It's not, it didn't talk just about profit. It talked about having, you know, just that that pool that you could draw from if you absolutely needed to. That's what I liked about the system. And having the individual accounts makes sense to me. Put a little money away and forget about it. You know, I used to work at Lockheed Aircraft. We had our uh, Christmas fund. You put five, 10 bucks a week in there. And just, you don't even notice it gone from your, from your check. And then all of a sudden at the end of the year, it's like, here's your, Christmas money is like, ooh. You well, know. Look at not only that, but you probably had a 401k or a pension, mm-hmm. right? That came right off the top. Right? Yep. And, and you were probably, you probably didn't put as much in as you could have when you first started, right? right? Because you were testing it. You wanted to mm-hmm. see. Then over time, you were putting more percentage, more percentage, more percentage, more percentages. And like you said, with um, you know the Christmas card, holy cow, look at all this money we have. Yeah. Where'd that come from? Where'd that come from? <laughs> Yeah. Same thing with profit first, the yeah. same principles. Absolutely. And I like the whole thing about, you know, pay yourself, right? Set that profit aside. That's why we go into business is to generate a profit, right? We don't go into business just to pay the bills. Yeah. You want to, you know, have some economic, you know, advantage, right? So you want to set that money aside, put the profit aside and what's left, that's your expenses. And that helps, I think, keep a cap on your expenses too. You realize, hey, if I'm going to get this profit off here, this is the amount of money that I have to work yeah. with and how to keep those uh, well, expenses low. See, a lot of people don't realize, or sometimes the narrative is, oh, greedy, 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 greedy profit business. Yeah. No. With profit, you can pay down debt. Mm-hmm. With profit, you can celebrate the health of a company. Mm-hmm. With profit, you can be charitable, philanthropic. With profit, you can hire it's not profit that's bad. There are some individuals out there that have a lot of money that may be bad. Right. It's not profit. It's not profit isn't necessarily the goal. What serving the customer to your best ability and providing great services and products is the goal. But profit first should not be an afterthought or profit right. shouldn't be an afterthought. No. It should be a primary thought. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've got a client that exactly to your point, he uses that money to reward his team. When they do a good job, he he gives them bonuses. They do big, you know, parties. They they go out for a weekend, bring everybody in the families and stuff. So yeah, that allows you we, a lot of. Yeah, lot we of have space. a pro, we have two profit sharing components with our, our employees. One yes. is a pr- quarterly profit distribution, and then we have a pension. We have you know that an actuary tells us how much money we have to give to each employee, whether or not they participated in it. And the beauty of that is it allows Mike and I to put more money on top of the, you know, 18,000 for our 401k. So everybody's sharing in the collective profitability. And it's amazing because people realize that and the expense management that we have, it's, it's second to none because they realize that, you know, Hey, we need to be profitable, but here's another thing. We have a, a family account, a separate account 
that we can draw into that in case something happens, that the staff can send flowers, the staff can, you know, do this, the staff can do that, we can do this. So one of the examples is when COVID hit, one of our employees, her husband was on the front line, he's a, a ER nurse. Well, guess what? Their yard wasn't maintained well. Well, having this, pro this family account, we were able to draw off of it, nice. okay? And be able to provide landscaping for that. Nice. Right. And so that that being able to do things like that yeah. is why we're in business. And if you want to have a great culture, well, you got to do more than give them a paycheck to come to work in the morning. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, that's awesome. I love I love hearing stories like that, how that money is used, because a lot of people do have, you know, there's a misquote. Right. Everybody says um, money is the root of all evil. It's like, no, oh. that's not what the quote is. The quote is the love of money is the root of all evil, right? It's how you look at the money and stuff. If you look at it as mine, 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 mine. Yeah, that's probably bad. But following the profit first, you know, method, you're setting aside the money to allow you the opportunity to help other people to, to grow, to expand and, you know, create more jobs for people, all that. Yeah. And, and it's funny, we, you know, we're, we're a global organization. I think we're in 30 different countries at this point. And nice. um, I, we work a lot in the Netherlands. The Netherlands has a culture of kind of average, of not rocking the boat, not wanting to be profitable, not wanting to do that. And so, you know, that's a cultural, not issue, but it's just a culture. So, you know, it, it, you know ex explaining that it's not all about profit, okay, it can be a hurdle and it can be a mindset. So when I go over there and teach, I'm, they tell me, Ron, tell me what you think about money. It grows on trees. It's easy to make. You just got to go and get it. And, you know, that's a totally foreign concept to them. And so, you know, it, it's every business, whether it's a nonprofit, a church, uh, you know, us, you need to have a good system of managing your cash. You have to understand the ebbs and the flows of it. If somebody doesn't have a true understanding and clarity, okay, if they don't understand their finances, which is tells us what happened. If their projections, they don't understand how they're getting projections. And that's a hope that you get there. Profit mm -hmm. first resides in the middle of that. It's a system of how you actually allocate your money to make sure that this happens. And the ebbs and flows are more frequent. So you're not waiting 30 days to see what happened. You can get ahead of this stuff. Exactly. And most businesses don't have the type of financial no. clarity. No, not I, I've talked to clients and asked them, there was one guy a few years back, how did you do last year? And he goes, oh, we did really good last year. And I go, great. What was your revenue? He goes, I don't know, but we did really good. It's like, what was your profit margin? Oh, really, really good. It's like, what was your profit margin? He goes, I don't know, but it was really, it's like, you have no idea where you are, do you? And that's the thing is they don't understand the numbers. They don't know how to, how to pull the numbers, what those numbers tell them, how to use those numbers for forecasting for, you know, right. negative plans. Yeah, we weren't taught that. No. And, and most people who start businesses don't start businesses say, hey, I really want to sink my teeth into the finances of this operation. <laughs> no. Right. No. And so, you know, it, 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 but here, here's the thing, you know, the accountants and bookkeepers, they're not business advisors. They can advise, but through right. their own perspective lens. Profit right. first is almost like the Rosetta Stone, Rosetta Stone mm -hmm. in between that helps kind of 
a entrepreneur like you and I talk to a CPA or an EA or somebody that might be talking lingo terms. Right. Because and the beauty of this, it's not accounting. It's not bookkeeping. Right. My right. my CPA, Keith, he's wonderful. He's awesome. He doesn't care how many bank accounts I have. He doesn't care what I'm titling these bank accounts. We're a global S corp with 20 different bank, 20 different bank accounts and five, three different banks. All Mike and I are doing is pushing our money over to Keith so he can implement a tax savings plan, right? Usually in the past, when I would used to go to my accountant, say, is there anything you could do? No, you're not making any money. Yeah. Why? Because you don't want to be profitable. Yeah, because I don't like being paying taxes. Well, you're not growing and you're hurting your business, Ron. And if you want to sell your business, right, for your retirement, you're screwed because yeah. people are not going to be buying a company that has no systems, processes, or profit. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, because we talk about the systems all the time. If you have systems in your business, your business can kind of run on autopilot. And Mike talks about that in a lot of the books. I know you teach that, you know, through the things that you do. But yeah, people just don't understand. They try to either not make a profit or or fix the books to where it doesn't look like you're really going over. That's going to hurt in the sale of the business. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's crazy. Right. And so, it, you know, it's funny. We use uh, at, most people look at profit first as a fix it tool. Um, and it, it, most businesses need to be fixed, but it's also a growth tool. How are we going to create a greater EBITDA? How are we going to get a better multiple on the sale? Right. And so usually it takes three to five years to get a company in the right position in order to sell. And the problem is, is a lot of business owners think their company's worth a lot more than it is. Yeah. Guess what, guys? It ain't. It's, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, you have a degree in political science and then yeah. you went into what on the business side, helping businesses grow. You well, never, never um, thirst for politics. Never no, go into politics. not at all. So <laughs> I went into, uh, I was a political science major because I was actually looking to get into um, law enforcement of some sort. I ended up getting a job at uh, the public defender service of Washington, DC as an investigator, mm. investigating uh, felony ones, murder, rapes, arsons. Um, that was, you know, talk about courage. Talk about courage. <laughs> yes. Holy Toledo. Yeah. And so, you know, that was a, a, a great opportunity. The perspective that I've got will help me be who I am today, but it also wasn't what I wanted to do. I got recruited to work for a, a, a staffing firm, uh, really did successful there. And then, you know, that's where I cut my teeth for about 15 years mm -hmm. and then had that opportunity to join Profit First with Mike. Nice. But yeah, no, so how, political yeah. science, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, courage. I like yeah. the history of political <laughs> science. And sure. Stuff, but, yeah. you know, the, the, the courage, and it's funny, I just talked to 85 high school students um, at the local high school that Mike and I went to. And I was explaining to him, it's okay not to know what you want to be. Have the sure. courage to try something new. Have sure. the courage to fail. Have the courage to get back up. Have the courage to walk away from people saying you shouldn't do that. No, you should do that. Yeah. Right? My father told me, don't, don't do this with Mike, Ron. You're making a lot of money in Manhattan. <laughs> right? I'm like, no, you have to have the courage to do things. Absolutely. To fall down, to get back up. That's where you learn. Yeah. If everything runs smoothly, you have no idea, right? When things break, you learn how to fix them or you learn what not to do next time and you become better. We, we, we encourage people to fail. It's okay to fail. 
It's not okay to make the same mistake over and over, but it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to learn. It's okay. And business owners need to have the courage. They need to have the courage to say, hey, listen, you know what? I screwed up, guys. That was a bad initiative. My bad. Yeah. Right? But they also need to make that comfortable space, that, that safe space for their employees to try something. You know, what were you thinking at the time? Well, you know, our, our core value is X. I was trying to do X. Okay, perfect. I support you. Next time, let's try it this way. Yeah. They learn from it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Autonomy, yeah. you know, support, freedom, you know, and, and it's, it's tough. You know, a guy like, so when I first started Profit First, I was, I'm a very controlling type of guy. And so I, I had like a command center in the middle of a big open area. And that's what I wanted. I, my, my calendars, knowing everything, seeing everything, but that was stymieing the mm. growth of the business. Yeah. And Mike's like, Ron, you, you, you got to stop being the athlete and taking the ball at the last minute and going to the goal and shooting and scoring. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. You got, you got to have the courage to let go. You got to have the courage to let other people you know, pass the ball around, go to, and I was like, I don't know, Mike, I don't know. But having the courage to distance yourself from the field of play and take more of an owner type of mentality is tough. It's very tough. And most businesses do not have the courage to step back and watch something go wrong. Yeah. Especially when you built that, you know, it's like, it's like uh, when your daughter was learning to ride a bike. You walk with her holding the bike and at some point you need to let go and let them experience that on their own. You can't run behind them, you know, till they're 18 or 20, ride a bike, right? You got to let them go at some point. Well, that's, so that's part of the problem. You know, we're creating task employees versus critical thinking employees. Um, That's a whole nother, a whole nother topic. That's absolutely, you know, (laughs) most people will go to a boss you know, Hey coach, how do I do this? Hey, Ron, how do I do this? How do I, and we go, okay, this is how you do it. Does that look good? Yes. Come back again. Come back again. That's horrible. And then, you know, you have people that have been working in corporate all their lives that just simply doing that. Then if they go to a place that's a little entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. and they say, Hey, you're responsible for the success or failure of this initiative. How can I help you? What resources do you need? They don't know what to do. Right. They've never had to do it on their own. They don't have to think because you'll do it for them, right? Right. And I guarantee too many of our listeners here today are are doing it because it's easier. Right. And the employee will say, I've had an employee say to me, Ron, come on, just give me the answer. I'm like, no, because if I give you the answer, you're not going to learn the skills on how to figure stuff out. Yeah. Well, you're wasting time. No, I'm building. Do you see? I'm building you. Right. And it might, that's going to take some courage to implement something like that from yeah. a task management perspective to an owner of an initiative-based management type of structure. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the more you answer those questions, I mean, you're creating your own monster and it's going to come back and bite you. Well, you know, it's funny. So I had to implement a rule and I got it out of um, my daughter. She was probably in third grade at the time. Um, and they have a classroom rule. Ask three, then me. Well, <laughs> so I, I adopted that. Okay. So, so, so Harlan, okay, you have a question. Well, one, ask three people, then me. The first person, if I knew how to do it, what would I do? Okay. So, how about asking Google? If you there you go. 
Three, <laughs> ask an employee that's been around. And if if you can't figure it out on your own and you try to you tried your best, you researched it, you you know, you gave it a good try. You asked somebody, but that person who knew was out sick, then come to me and say, hey Ron, you know, I thought this was the right way to do it. It wasn't. I looked on, I tried researching. I went over to Susie, but she's not in. Can you help me out? I want to move this along. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. They're Love trying that. to give you. <laughs> so here's what's happening. I call it monkey management. Okay. Employees are trying to give you their monkey off their right. back. Yes. Our job is to not take any monkeys. No. I'm my own monkeys. I don't need yours too. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's funny. I call it monkey management and somebody else said, you just gave them, you just gave me my monkey back, didn't you? Yeah. Yes. yes. That's awesome. Love that. Yeah. Cause I know other people that, you know, same thing that have that employee come in and say, how do I do this? They tell them, they go out a couple of days later. How do I do this again? They tell them, they go back. You need them to figure it out. You need well, them to do stuff. What that tells me is that your systems and processes may, may need yep. tweaking and yep. you may have somebody that learns visually versus reading or listening. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, I would take a step and always have, I always like to have a video training to support a word document. Sure. Right. That way you have both. Then you empower that person. If the system isn't right and they're following and they say, Hey, Harlan, this, this system, I, I think there's a better way to do it. Really show me. Okay, yeah. great. Create a video to support it right. and redocument it. Yep. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right. We could go down that road forever because that's, that's my thing is systems, strategies. I love that stuff. Um, how many people do you have in the profit first professionals? How many people are involved in the around the world? I mean, you've got hundreds yeah. of thousands probably. Well, no. Well, there's over, there's, geez, probably well over 600,000 implementations of Profit First going wow. around in the yeah. globe. Everything from startups to $100 million companies. Um, we have, uh, we, we work with accounting firms, bookkeeping firms, and financial services firms, and we certify them in the methodology. And so that they're able to then deploy this to all of their customers. Right. Now, we have probably over 600 certified accounting firms. Uh, globally. Um, I just opened up Profit First UK. We have Profit wow. First Canada, Profit First Germany, Profit First Australia, New Zealand, and of course, US. And so, you know, while we may have individual firms such as in Italy or Malta or the Cayman, you know, we got a firm in the Cayman Islands, wow. you know, the, the, the beauty of this is that it works in any country, in mm -hmm. any currency, in any industry. So sure. our guy in, in Angola, Africa, right, who's selling stuff, they're, they're experiencing the same thing mm -hmm. because we've been taught sell, 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 manage your expenses, whatever you have left over, right. that's what you pay yourself with across the globe. Yeah. Yeah. So internally, we're lean and mean. There's probably about 11 of us. Okay. Run this thing. Very cool. But, you know, I, so I talk to my clients about profit first all the time, right? Trying to implement that in there. And I know that there are bookkeepers and accountants that are resistant to it. Why, why are they resistant? What, what is, what is it they're not seeing or what are they afraid of? When it they comes don't, to they, they judge a book by the cover. They okay. don't understand it. 
Uh, there's a little bit of an ego going on. They've been doing the same thing for the past hundred years. And so what they'll say is, oh, you don't need all those bank accounts. You know, you just got to read your financials, understand them course correct and pivot and move forward. Most business owners are like a financial what? Okay. Yeah. The, the next thing is, Ron, we're going to, you're going to be charged so much in accounting fees um, and, and overdrafts and, you know, the bank accounts are so expensive. Uh-uh. The reason why bank accounts are expensive and you haven't found the ones that are cheap because you're not looking for that. Right? Yeah. And there, some of the, 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 the investment is so inconsequential compared to the benefit of what you're doing. Yeah. Minimum balance in one of our banks is $5. Sure. $5. Just open the account. Yeah. yeah. Then they're going to say, in addition to that, Ron, oh my God, it's going to be a reconciliation nightmare. Oh, you, it's going to take me hours. You're going to spend so much more money in, you know, me doing your account. Here's what then I say to them. Okay. Well, if your customer would charge a sales tax, would you advise them to set up a sales tax account, collect the sales tax, and the only thing that they can do with that money in that sales tax account, because it isn't theirs, is pay the tax man. You're not collecting money in there. You're not writing checks out of there. In, in fact, is a holding account. Would you agree? Yes. Would you recommend that? Yes. Do your customer, do you wish your customers do that? Yes. So why can't we take that same methodology and apply it to a profit account? Yeah. An owner's pay account, a tax account. Sure. That's the problem. They're collecting income into all these different accounts for purposes. They're writing checks all out of these accounts. Yep. They're not leveraging or understanding the system. Yeah. Once they understand the system, they're like, oh, <laughs> okay, I get it. Then we make them experience it. They have to run it. You have to walk the talk. It's good for the business. You learn the systems. You're more relatable. Then they say, thank God you made me do this, Ron. I thought I had a Mercedes, but now I have a Ferrari, right? And so even the most sophisticated accounting firms, bookkeeping firms, EAs, they get stuck. They get stuck. The book's the tip of the iceberg. What you want to know is what's below the waterline. And those that are adverse to profit first, only know what's above and they probably haven't read the book or they yeah. probably don't have the clarity on the value and the benefits, what this will actually do for your business, but more importantly, your customers' businesses. Yep. Absolutely. No. And I, I think it's an easy model. Once you understand what's happening and why, I think it makes total sense. Like you said, it's agnostic when it comes to the currency involved. Follow the process regardless of what the currency is and everything will work out. The other thing I read about on, uh, I think it was on your LinkedIn um, account, says you help profit, profit first professionals um, change their, their mindset from time for money, right? Hours for dollars into more uh, results, pay for results kind of thing. And that's a huge shift for a lot of accounting and bookkeepers too. I worked with one lady who, you know, she said, well, I, this is my hourly rate because that's about the going hourly rate. And it's like, Mary, you've got almost... 30 years of experience, that's what they're buying is that experience, not your hour of time, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's, um, it's 
been beat into their heads a little yeah. too much. Um, one, I don't like hourly anything. Uh, I was in staffing, like I mentioned, for 15 years. Uh, you know how many people actually lie about their time card? <laughs> a lot, yeah. right? You know how many people are just mailing it in in a cubicle? Too many. Yeah. And so how do we know if somebody's being more efficient than somebody else, regardless of what the industry is? You know, somebody paying an hour to dig a ditch. Well, how do I know he's the other ditch digger isn't faster or better? Right. right. And so yeah. it's not how long it takes you to do something at what are the results that you're right. looking for? And so we teach, you know, it's called value pricing, but what it is, it's a fixed investment at the end of the day. And right. it's how you communicate and how you get there. But also I set floor pricing, floor pricing. That means if your minimum investment to work with your firm is 20,000, well, if you're working with startups and micro businesses, chances are you're not going to get that. Right. Right. And so yeah. we also want to make sure we're in congruence with who we want to serve, what we want to build, what we want to earn. Nice. Right. And so there's a lot of different ways to get to being a million dollar firm. Yeah. Right. But if you're, doing hourly you've got about 160 hours in any yeah. given month you're exactly having yourself exactly yeah yeah very true and like we mentioned earlier you know uh, lawyers doctors dentists whatever it happens to be they're taught how to do law or medicine they're not taught how to run a business nope. you know a lot of bookkeepers too it's like here's how to run the books well to help these businesses think a little bit outside the box you know help them set up these programs that, that make it like I said a little bit easier to pay well, what they have coming. Here's the dirty truth. 83% of businesses are check to check. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, that includes doctors, lawyers, yeah. surgeons, accountants, yeah. right? The cobbler's kids have bad shoes, if you will. Right? Exactly. And so that's why you have to walk the talk. Yeah. You have to do it. But also, this is a program for the firm that wants to actually be more intimate with their customer. And so what we ad advocate is weaving in strategic meetings based upon the frequency that they're paying for. So, so in a, an accounting firm, you know, maybe they have three packages, gold, silver, bronze, let's just say bronze. Maybe it's two meetings a year, middle, maybe, maybe it's quarterly, yeah. gold luxury, maybe it's monthly. And if you're talking to your accountant monthly, you're investing more for what they're sharing with you. Yeah. I talk to my bookkeeper every other Thursday at 10 a.m. Nice. Yep. I talk to my accountant quarterly. I, I think you have to, to keep up on things, especially yes. when you're running your own business. You have to, if you're not, you're turning it over to somebody and saying, hey, do your best. <laughs> and at the end of the year, you get your reports. That's It's a dereliction yeah. of duty. You're responsible for the success or failure of your company. And if you don't understand something, whether it's accounting, whether it's legal, that's your fault. Yeah. Right. Oh, Absolutely. it's not my accountant didn't tell me. Or here's the thing. If an accountant is pushing back on profit first saying you don't need that now and they're steering, get a new accountant. <laughs> There's plenty of them out there. Yeah. Look around. Get a new yeah. accountant. What's the big deal? <laughs> So how long does it take for an accountant or bookkeeper to go through the profit first um, certification? How long does that take? It, it varies on average is about three to four months okay. uh, to go through it. Um, you know, there's a lot of practicing involved. 
there's a lot of building out involved and a lot of coaching involved because we're not we're not just implementing profit first and teaching the accounting firms how to be a profit we're transforming them we're transforming their mindset their business their culture you know of course they need to have their core systems down their deliverables down but you know they also realize they're an algorithm way from being obsolete yeah how are you going to differentiate yourself Right. And so we help them do that by being a profit first professional, because if you, I guarantee if I went down any main street, got a bunch of websites of all the accounting firms, shook them up, threw them out there. They all look the same. Yeah, exactly. All look the same. Exactly. Right? Do you want to look the same or do you want to be unique, different? How do we do that in the accounting world? Well, yep. one element is being profit first. It's a competitive advantage in marketing and service differentiation. Yep. And then this software that most companies use, the QuickBook type thing, are they set up to use Profit First? Does it work well in those type applications? Well, so no, um, there's it's, you, a lot of people like to operate or want to operate Profit First on a spreadsheet and mm -hmm. an accounting program. And we discourage that. Why? Because there's more human element involved and more errors are going to occur. And so not everybody is updating QuickBooks on a daily basis on every deposit. Not everybody is, you know, updating their spreadsheets. Uh, people can take a look into an accounting system and on a spreadsheet and look at the totality and say, wow, we have all this money, right? And they want to go on a marketing initiative and they see the, ba the balance of the totality of the account is, you know, 50,000. The spreadsheet says 50,000. Yep. But what they're not looking at is necessarily that line item that says marketing 20,000. That's all the marketing has. Right. Right? I've seen it happen. I've, sure. seen, I've seen a controller get fired because mm -hmm. they, they, they tried to get off profit first. They wanted to be more efficient. And the owner of the company said, hey, listen, I, need, do, I have X amount of money to do this. They said, yes. He spent it. Then he had right. another event. He didn't have the money. He goes, where's the money for this? What do you mean? I, I, you told me we had money. Well, you do. You have the totality. You have all the money. He's like, you, yeah. you just screwed up everything. Absolutely. So, no, I've seen companies that, you know, they'll look at the bank account and see, trying to do everything on paper. I'll yeah. just allocate on paper. This is where the money is. But then they see that big chunk and say, hey, I can buy a new truck. Hey, I can finally buy that bass boat I've been wanting. And then you come up with payroll at the end of the, the week or the end of the month and you don't have enough there to cover. Yeah. And it's a human element. It's the human mm -hmm. element. So nothing is more real time than what your bank balance is. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it may be a couple hours or a day late at the most, but for the most part, you know, everybody is doing bank balance accounting. Mm -hmm. right? They wake up every morning, look at their bank account and determine what they can buy, spend, whatever. Right. Not realizing that they need to, some of that's for owner's pay, tax, right. investments, profit, charity. Yeah. Yeah. And just plan ahead, set that stuff aside, you know, but here's also the thing. Start small, mm -hmm. start small. Many businesses cannot start with the percentages in the book. And right. then they say profit first doesn't work. Right. Or they say my business is too complex. My business is too small. My business is too big. Whatever excuse that people give you for the reason they can't. That's why right. I hate that word. I hate that word. Right? Yep. If you can't fine, you can't. You're wasting my time if you think you can. Okay. And so, you know, but you can, if you're bend your mind to a mm -hmm. different way of doing things, if you have the courage 
to step forward and start small, open up one bank account and 1%, mm-hmm. right? Build that profit first muscle memory, open another bank account, add two more percents, yeah. start swinging the percentages that are in your OPEX into the percentages of yeah. profit owners pay in tax. That's the game. That's how you gamify it. So working with a coach, right? Working with an accountant, somebody that's going to work with you on how are we going to get to these percentages? Because once you cut expenses, Harlan, you got to start now looking at systems, efficiencies, Mm -hmm. inefficiencies, right? What do you want to reduce? And so, yeah. Exactly. No, it's good stuff. Yeah. Don't tell me you can't. Tell me you won't. I'll accept I won't. Or or tell tell me why you yeah. Well, I, 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 I can't get the, the bank. It's a pain in the ass to get to the bank. Oh, it's a pain in the ass to bank. How about it's a pain in the ass not to be able to pay your mortgage, mm-hmm. right? How's it a pain in the ass not to be able to take off time to see your kid, yep. right? You know, how's it a pain in the ass to be up all night worrying about how to make payroll? You mean, you yeah, can't too many off? people are struggling with that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you brought up courage a couple of times. Where did you find the courage? We talked about the courage to walk away from the nine to five to kind of create your own success. You were in the nine to five, but you were looking for that opportunity. Where did you find the courage to finally step away? Um, it started early, very early. And I'll give all the credit to my mom. Um, I'm a dyslexic kid, been held back, uh, been in the small classes, never had to ride a small bus. Yeah. Um, but my mom was always my champion. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Sports always been my outlet. You can do it. You can do it. You can grind. I knew that I could grind. I knew I could, I knew I wasn't stupid. I knew if given the opportunity and being dyslexic, you have to figure out how to get something done as the same way as everybody else, but come around it in a different way. And so that's my chip on my shoulder. And so, you know, I remember being in grade schools. uh, No, he can't take that class. No, he can't take that class. No, he can't take that class. Well, my mom fought and, you know, I got into some of these classes and I worked my ass off to show that I nice. can do it. And once you realize that you can do something, that's going to continue, mm-hmm. right? And so here's the thing. A lot of people want to be great right away. Yeah. Why is my daughter great at TikToking? Because she's been doing it for eight hours over the past two years every day. Right. Why she suck at <laughs> Spanish? Because she doesn't do it. Okay. Now here's the thing. I wanted to get good at reading. So guess what? I enjoyed the suck. I wanted to get good at negotiation. I enjoyed the suck, yeah. right? And so have the courage, the courage to suck, knowing that by grinding it out and having the confidence that it will get better, that's how you build the courage to take Absolutely. chances. Eventually, Absolutely. you'll be at the top of a black diamond, double diamond, ski slope. Maybe you never did it before. What are you going to do? You're going to get on that gondola and go down, or you're going to have the courage to go down. Know you're going to fall. Know you're going to get up. Know you're going to fall. Know you're going to get up, but eventually you're going to get down that hill. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what courage is all about, right? Having that fear, but doing it anyway. Like I said, yeah. finding out, maybe I can't get there this way, but if I go around this way, I and, can do And it. what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Like, you know, so one, one of the, the stories I tell, I was working for, um, you know, a large staffing firm and... We had to do a deal a week and I didn't do a deal for like three months. And so, you know, I thought I was going to get fired. My boss came. He's like, let's go for a lake trip. 
a lake trip is where the boss takes you around in his car around a nice lake gets in your bubble and then you let go and so i said no he goes what do you mean no i'm not going on a lake trip with you he's like why not because you're gonna fire me you know what he said right after that Hmm. he said so what if i fire you what are you gonna do i'm gonna get up the next morning get another job he's like exactly Stop putting so much pressure on yourself. Relax. Don't think you're getting fired. Just, you know, if things aren't going bad, don't put too much pressure on yourself where you don't have the courage to do something. And that's what I was doing. But what he showed me by saying, so what? Realize that, huh? Yeah. So what? I get another job. Absolutely. Easy to make money. Throws on trees. (laughs) It's out there everywhere. Yeah. I talk to my clients, you know, what's, let's try this. What's the worst thing that could happen? Okay. This, could you live with that? Yeah. Sprint test too. Okay. Sprint test. Yes. Right. Sprint test it, test it for a short period of time, be able to, you know, measure it. And if it's not working. Okay. And you, you don't, maybe, maybe the sprint test didn't see its whole term, but you know, the data is leading that way. It's trending that way. Have the courage to stop and pivot and go to a different direction. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Good stuff. So uh, you said you have about 10 or 11 people on your team? Yeah. Interns, um, part-time, salaried, local, non-local, international. Nice. If I was to bump into any of these folks and ask them about you and your leadership style, what would they tell me? What kind of leader are you? Well, I hope they would say that I care about their success that I'm willing to do everything I can to help them be successful and that I care about them more as a person than as a, as an employee. Nice. Very cool. So what's next for you? I mean, you're opening all these or, or teaching all these classes all over the world. Yeah. So global expansion, global domination, you know, I'd nice. love to have a profit first location like we have here in America and those other countries in every single country in the globe you know that's what i'm looking for um from the that's from the business side Mm -hmm. from the health side looking to continue to be fit work out eat better relationship side looking to have great relationships to build upon the relationships that i have spiritually to be in tune to be happy to understand that you know i've got it good you know profit first professionals have it good my family has it it's okay to smell the flowers. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, be grateful. My wife and I just said that the other day. Like I told you, we're roaming. We're virtual yeah. nomads, right? Digital. So just thinking back when I was a kid, could I have even conceived of this lifestyle? No. Right. Right. But man, I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, awesome. I don't know what's out there. You know, I mean, yep. you know, we were talking about flying. Mm-hmm. You know, may, maybe that's something, you know, nice. for you to, to, to look for buying a plane set up an account. We have profit first professionals who have set up airplane accounts. Sure. People want airplanes. Ferrari, right? How about, you know, what do you want to be philanthropic? There's so many things to do, but also, you know, keep in mind that this is about being the best business that you can be. Not what the best business is in their opinion, but right. what do you want to achieve? What is the lifestyle that you want mm-hmm. for your family and your employees? And do your best to get there. Exactly. 
Yeah, it all starts with what you want out of your business, right? You joined, you started a business for a reason. What is it you want? And then look to one of these professionals, engage one of these professionals to help you get yeah. there. And get a coach, get a yeah. lawyer, get an yes. accountant. Don't do well, it. Let's go back coach. to getting a coach. Just get a yeah. coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Mike and I have coaches. I always, sure. that, that's, that's the thing that I, I don't understand it. Why people wouldn't. I know. People have golf coaches, they have swimming coaches, running coaches. And yet when you talk to them about their business, like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. Even mechanics have coaches. Sure. Auto shops have coaches. Every industry, there's probably a coach that can help you out. Absolutely. Every industry. Have the courage to reach out. Definitely. And I know there's a lot of books, the Profit First Four uh, um, gymnasiums, uh, Profit First yeah, industry Four, specific. Yep. industry specifics and stuff. So there are people out there that either specialize in that, like I said, the accountants, the bookkeepers and stuff that can help you. So that definitely everybody who's listening, definitely look into Profit First. And if you're so inclined, check into becoming a Profit First professional. Yeah, love I'd love to talk to you. You know, go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. There's an apply button. Hit the apply button. You'll be matched up with either myself or one of my team members. And we'll have a conversation. It's a conversation. It's, you know, not selling anything. It's not everybody's cup of tea. And if it works out that this is mutually beneficial for what your goals are and what ours are, great. Be one of the select few. If not, nice. no problem. No problem. But you'll learn you'll have a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'll tell you. It's not going to be easy. No, but it'll be worth it. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Ron, this has been awesome. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the program. If, if people want to get in touch with you um, again, what is that, that website? Yeah, sure. So first, thank you for having uh, this platform and inviting me to share. I do sure. appreciate that. Uh, if anybody is interested in learning more, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm okay. on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Uh, you also can go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. Take a look at the site and uh, either maybe you want to work with one or you want to become one. Nice. Very cool. Awesome. All right. I will have those links in the show notes so everybody has access to those. Definitely go out and check out. If your uh, current bookkeeper or accountant does not know about Profit First, educate them. There you go. <laughs> definitely educate them <laughs> because it is definitely the way to go. Or like you said, just find another bookkeeper or accountant. There's plenty of them out there that are certified and, and understand and know the, the Profit First program. So yeah, look for that. Again, Ron, thank you. Uh, listeners, hope you guys appreciated this uh, episode. Share it with your family, friends, colleagues, your accountants and bookkeepers. <laughs> Share it with everybody and uh, stick around because there's always more coming. Great. That's Thanks. it for me. Thanks. Coach Harlan saying so long for now. <laughs>